Welcome to the Mostly Podcast at Night, Episode 128, Session 9. Fear is this podcast. <laughs> we are fear. Fear, fear us. Fear us. <laughs> Immediately and not later. We're not as scary as a bunch of fluffy bunnies. What are you talking about? Goth fluffy bunnies, but okay, still fluffy that. bunnies. <laughs> they might be like bunnies with black fur and piercings and scowls, but oh, they're no, still I bunnies. See those bunnies. Aren't they cute? I want to see those bunnies. Yeah, I can see them in my head. I just, yeah, me too. Now I'm going to have to draw them, the goth bunnies. Yes. It's going to have to be our new logo. We're going to have to get rid of the ram skulls. Maybe and we're going to have to have goth bunnies. Yeah. Yes. I, think, I, mean- I think for sure. Well, it's been like 127 episodes with the Rams. It's time for a change. You know what? I I would say, yeah. Like, we could change it up now. Especially because, like, the Rams were just two random drawings that I threw on the logo so that it looked oh, like something. Now I know what it is. I thought they meant something like we were always clashing horns. Now I just find out it's fucking random. Okay, I see how it is. Well, yeah, that's why I figured it would work. Like, we're cl- crashing horns. But I had just drawn them randomly. <laughs> I would like my goth bunny to be dark purple, like goth purple. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Purple's a good goth color. Yeah, I thought so. Mm -hmm. Cool. Definitely. Hey, Chaos. Hey, Carnage. How's it going? I am fantastic. How are you? TJF tomorrow. I'm ready. I'm so ready. I know. Yeah, we're recording on a Thursday instead of a Friday this week. Because Carnage sucks. Because Carnage can't do Friday. And then we were going to do it Monday, but for some reason that didn't work out. And then we were going to do it Tuesday, but that didn't work out. And then we were going to do it Wednesday, but that didn't work <laughs> Yeah, because I forgot. Okay, so Wednesday we were totally ready to go. Like everyone was in good moods. We were hyper. It was great. Yeah, this idiot forgot her microphone and her notes at the office because it was a really yeah. bad day at the office. So even though it was a really bad day, I was super hyper. But yeah, it was mm-hmm. a bad enough day that I left my shit behind, so... That sucks. Yeah, it happens. It's okay. Yeah. I'm sorry you had a shitty day at work. That does suck. It's okay. People just yell at each other all the time. It's fine. I'm going to throw yeah. them in the octagon. They'll figure that shit out. So. The octagon? Yeah. It's a fighting it's, thing. It's oh. an MMA thing. <laughs> oh, they battle it out in the octagon. Ah, cage man. Brother Reno. <laughs> oh, the octagon. Right. <laughs> Where most people think we belong is in the octagon. (laughs) The octagon. The octagon of hatred. The octagon of hate. Hashtag octagon of hate. You should make our gothic bunnies in an octagon of hatred. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you're going to work that out, but I think it should be in an octagon of hatred. I think it'd be easier than trying to draw them in the Marianas Trench of hate. Probably. (laughs) You know, maybe the octagon's the way to go. Maybe the octagon's in the Marianas Trench of hate. (laughs) We're goth bunnies. It's an octagon of hate in the Marianne Trench hate, and there oh were goth God. bunnies. There's like levels to our hatred. So <laughs> well, uh-huh. It's been simmering for how many years now? So, yeah. Hello. I know. 30? Something like that. What? No. 20. Don't age yeah, us more. I'm not aging us more. It's that it's simmered so much. We've actually, it's actually gone back in time. Oh, okay. I got you now. I got- like before we knew each other. <laughs> 
It was simmering. Fuck you, dude. I'm only 40. Don't make me 50, okay? Shut up. I'm not trying to make you 50. No, okay, no, good. no. Not, not doing that. You know what? Um, speaking of that, I just looked at our demographics lately mm-hmm. um, the other day, and our main demographic is actually a little bit younger than us. Uh-oh. 24 to 34. It doesn't yeah. surprise me, though, because we tend to be a little bit younger Arrested than we are. development what i don't know what that is i've never heard of that term my therapist certainly <laughs> hasn't used it shut up <laughs> sorry to break the news to you kids but we're old sorry i'm getting my buckeye card next week so <laughs> uh okay i'm not fucking old she's <laughs> fucking old <laughs> just kidding we're young at heart that's all that matters right exactly just go with it just go with that (laughs) absolutely so i guess i should mention all this hatred we talk about is because we are two best friends of 20 years who bicker and banter our way through a different horror movie each week we take turns picking them a lot of times they're revenge picks hashtag mariana's trench of hate hashtag octagon of hate mma octagon of hate (laughs) Um, I'm very interested. We got to be careful because I don't know. I don't think the octagon is trademarked, but we'll have to check that out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we should. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the Marriott trenches, though. I think we're safe on that one. We're safe on that one. That's public domain, dude. (laughs) Public domain, right there. (laughs) Belongs to Uh, all of us, bitches. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Everyone can be in the Marriott trench of hate with us. Oh my god, plenty of room. Oh yeah, there's more than room. So everybody, yeah, that's what you get. You also get uh, expletives and spoilers for everything. So if you haven't seen Session 9, go watch it. It's on Netflix right now. Woo! Session Been waiting nine. for this one to come back to a streaming service, actually. So we yes. bounced on it when we found out it was. Well, we own it, too. So, I mean, but it's good that our audience can watch it, too. Because yeah, not everyone I mean, does own this. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm assuming that there are going to be plenty of people who don't know this movie. You should own it. Yeah, we actually, um, just a little history, you know, besides our hatred, we actually saw this movie in 2001 when it first came out at the um, Cleveland Cinematique when we thought we were all artsy-fertsy and we were going to go to some, you know, know, shows at the Cinematique. We did go to a couple, and this was one of them, and it was amazing, especially like in the dark theater. Where it's all With silence. that huge screen, the Cinematique has a huge screen. Mm-hmm. They have an amazing sound system. It's incredible. It's like an IMAX. It's like yeah. an artsy, like a small IMAX because there's not that many people in there, but yeah. it's huge. So yeah, yeah, it is, and it's it's um it's part of the Cleveland Institute of Art, so it is an artsy fartsy thing. The Cinematique. Um, but it is an amazing place to to see mu- movies, and so yeah, it was it was quite an experience getting to see this one on that humongous screen in the dark with all of the little you could hear every little sound. Mm-hmm. It was great, and you for this movie, mm-hmm. turn the volume way up if you haven't seen it. Turn the volume way up because it's great. Every little sound is going to freak you out, and make sure you watch it in the dark because it's even better. So yeah, a lot of very, this soundtrack is very atmospheric. It really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does a lot to put you in the scene, in the mood, catch you up in the story. Anyway, okay. So session nine. Talking about I know, right? Yet. Sorry, yeah. we're so excited. Um, mm-hmm. Session nine was done in two thousand one, as we said. Um, it was R rated. It was ninety seven minutes long, and it got a six point four on the IMDb scale. 
How about that tomato meter? So glad that you asked. The tomato meter for session nine is sitting at a 64%. Critic consensus, relying more on atmosphere than gore, session nine is effectively creepy. Audience score, surprisingly, like, I never see this, but it's exactly the same at 64%. Wow. Yeah. So it's Um, 64... 24,378 user ratings. 64, 64, and 6.4, really? Yeah, yeah. That's creepy. I know, just like this movie. (laughs) I just want to point out, too, before we get to cast, um, this movie had a budget of 1.5 million, and sadly, it only made 1.6 million. So go buy it. Yeah. It, um, didn't, I guess it didn't do that great, did it? Well, I don't but think it got that wide of a release. Like I said, we watched it in Cinematique. So, I mean, right. I don't think it got like, um, what's it called when release? Like a made, like a worldwide major, release. Yeah. At a theater near you. It didn't get one of those at a like theater a national near release. you. Yes. A national release. Yeah, it got a, at an art theater near you if you're lucky. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. That's why we went to see it there because it, it wasn't showing anywhere else. Right. Okay, so Plus, should we like get... you just would want to see a movie in that theater, but yeah, well, definitely, yeah, we got to go back there actually. Mm-hmm. Should we go to cast? Let's do cast. Sure. Oh, we forgot to talk about this. Do you want me Did to do we... cast? Because it is in a. Oh no, this um... one's fine. This one's fine. Um, it's it's the next movie that's fucked up. We'll talk about that next movie. Sorry. Oh, shut up. I didn't realize that was Larry Fessenden. Oh, my God. Wait, who? What? It totally is Larry Fessenden, and I didn't even realize it. Oh, who my God. Oh, Craig? Craig. Craig McManus. Okay, well, I didn't even have him Fessenden. on the list. What's he from? Because I don't know who he is, and what's he from? Larry Fessenden is, like a, like, a pretty big deal in the horror community. I mean, like, he's not huge, but if you're... If you're, he did, like, I know him for habit. He is a, he is a producer, director, writer, editor, cinematographer, as well as an actor. Um, And he does a lot, a lot of horror. Um, Habit was an amazing movie from 1995 that is really hard to find. But if you can find it, absolutely go see it. Or, or I mean, get it. Um. I found it online somewhere, but it's hard to find. Um, we Are Still Here is a popular one. Stakeland. We Are Still Here is from 2015. He he did. He was the director of Wendigo. I haven't seen that one from 2001. But he's just um, like a he's uh, like a niche. He's a very niche actor, but he's like amazing. He's very. I love him in Habit. I mean, it's just, we're going to do that movie eventually. The only reason I haven't done it yet is because it's so hard to find. I'm like, I don't know what to do about that part. Like, go see the movie, guys, but I don't know how to tell you where to find it. Hmm. There's got to be a way. Yeah, he's in a lot of shit. Jesus, Pete. Jesus, Pete's in a lot. Yeah. Okay. That's my fault. I didn't go that far. I only went. I only went as far as Jeff. So when you do that, that's as far down as I went. So sorry. That's my bad. All right. So let's do cast. So let's start with. I want to start with. It starts with Phil, but I want to start with Gordon because. Oh, you're fucking me up. I have a list here. Okay, Gordon. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> do you want me to start at the top? I'm just going that's off how I did it, but That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. However okay, you want to do it. Um, Gordon 
Fleming, that was his last name, I never realized that, was played by Peter Milan. He's from uh, Warhouse, Warhouse, yes, Warhorse, The Vanishing, and he was actually Yaxley from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. I don't know if you realize no that. No way! Oh yeah. my gosh, I did not! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. Actually, I probably did when I saw the Deathly Hallows, but it's been a while. My fandom kind of ended when the movies or when the books ended. So yeah, you suck. I'm still in it. So I know. Um, let's see. Okay, now I'm going to jump back to Phil. Phil was played by David Caruso. He is mostly known for CSI Miami. Twins and NYPD Blue. Oh, and Proof of Life. He was Proof of Life, too. Really good actor and well-known one. I was surprised to see him in this film. Yeah. Yes. I'm just going to leave it at that. Mike was Stephen Gevedon. Um, He had a brief cameo in The War of the Worlds, and he was in Paranoia and Boys on the Side. <laughs> and he's really? a cutie. Hmm? He, I was going to say, and he's a cutie. Yep. And he's a cutie. Bill Griggs was Paul Gilfoyle. Gilfoyle? Uh, I think, yeah, CSI, which I love him in. And he was in Air Force One and LA Confidential and Ransom. He's been in a lot of shits. Okay. He looked familiar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hank was Josh Lucas. I think most people know him from Sweet Home Alabama, but he was most recently in Ford versus Ferrari 2. And I loved him. They made a TV show. It only lasted one season out of the book, out of the movie from the book, The Firm. And he was Mm -hmm. the lead actor in it. He played Tom Cruise's role. And he was actually really fucking good in it. So if you can find it somewhere, go check it out. Yeah. That'd be, I'd like to see that because I liked him as Hank. I thought he was really good. Um, Yes. Jeff was Brendan Sexton the <laughs> third. Um, he's from Boys Don't Cry, Welcome to That House, and a little movie called Empire Records. It's Warren, what, dude. What? Warren! Warren! Awesome. Yeah, I work here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. No, I can't go down that nostalgia that train right my now. My favorite movie from college. That's oh my gosh, I love Empire Records. Still have it on DVD. Um, Oh, do you? That's awesome. Yeah. Fuck Coyote Shivers, though, right? So, yeah. Um, Security guard was Charlie Broderick. Uh, Yeah, I didn't go down that far. I'm sure he's a very lovely man. I didn't go down that far. Okay, I'm just going to scoot. Dude, Craig McManus was Larry Fessenden. Yes. And you about all he's in. I who, who I talked about I talked about him previously and he's awesome. <laughs> yes, I agree. And, and that, that's about that's all we have to do, right? Yeah, I mean the rest are all voices, so voices. they're all behind the scenes shit. The I mean, doctor, Wendy, Mary Hobbs. It was just their voices. You never that's it. No. That's it for them. I mean you do see Wendy, but I don't even know if it's the same oh, actress who does her it voice, is. so Oh, well, it is, but it's just, like, so fucking brief. It's like a wave, and then that's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you barely see her. Uh, Gordon, you brought flowers? What's the occasion, Gordon? (laughs) Oh, Gordon, not here. (laughs) It's not very good. Short little summary. (laughs) Do you want a short little summary? I would love a famous, Carnage's famous five-second summaries. I would love one. I actually have a little summary, and then I have um, I have um, Mama Carnage 
speakage too. So my okay. short little summary is they unearthed the spirits at this hospital and things went awry. I'm going to call it spirits. Spirits, huh? I think it's spirits. I think it's a demon possession. You really think it's demon possession? I think it's a demon. Oh, gosh. I can't wait to talk about this. Okay. But I got to tell you the Mama Carnage thing, though, real fast. Okay. Because I got their opinion at the end of the movie because I watched it with Brother of Carnage and Mama Carnage. And Mm -hmm. my mom goes, it was a really nice movie about HVAC or about asbestos cleanup until the killing started. (laughs) It was a really nice movie about asbestos cleanup. Yes. Which I know. I know. I've always wanted to watch a movie about people bidding an asbestos job, asbestos job, and then doing that job. Yes, which mirrors her thing about hostel. Let's yes. watch that nice backpacking movie. That sounds good. Such a nice backpacking movie before <laughs> things start to die. <laughs> I can't wait to do that one. I think that should that should start to that. We're never doing that one. I told you. Oh, I think that should be a thing. <laughs> we we should condense these movies down to like what is this movie about before the sh- the murder? <laughs> the mom, <laughs> I think that would be really funny. On it. <laughs> like like like, uh, like when we did all cheerleaders die. So uh, before There's the killing, a nice movie about high schoolers. It's all a nice movie, them. yeah, about the high the, the cheerleader squad <laughs> and and those nice boys on the football team. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. That was a nice movie about call centers until they started sucking everyone's blood. I mean Exactly. <laughs> like what was our last episode? I don't even know. Blood sucking vampires. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. It was a nice movie about office work until everybody died. <laughs> I really wanted to see more about how the sales team did. <laughs> well my mom. It's just funny. Great. She's just so cute the way she said, Well, it was a nice movie until the killing started. And my brother and I, of course, jumped on that. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so For <sure>. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about this movie. I don't even know whose pick this is. Was this my pick? I think it was my pick, wasn't it? This was your pick, yeah. It's not on both of our lists, but I mean so I didn't really do it to torture us because we no. love this movie, clearly. Yeah. Right. But this movie is about, uh, you have Gordon and Phil and Mike Hank and um, Gordon's nephew, Brendan, or Jeff, rather, not Brendan, Gordon. Um, they are bidding on a, it's an old psychiatric hospital. It's been shut down since the 80s, so it's been empty for 20-some years. And they're trying to, the town's trying to convert it into, like, um, township offices and shit like that, but they need to get the asbestos and the hazardous waste house before they can even get the contractors in. So Gordon and Phil are bidding on this, and Gordon is desperate for a fucking job. Desperate. Yeah. Apparently, this job should take like three weeks, and he promises him one week. Yeah. Okay. Well, right Gordon then. likes to do things safe, so three weeks. So probably, really, they could do it if they rushed and weren't as safe as Gordon likes to be in two, but then Gordon completely overbids because he's desperate for the job and he says they can do it in one week and it's like, you're fucking insane. Everybody tells him that, basically. Basically. Well, and let's talk a little bit about Gordon because he's a little overstressed. He's got a newborn with his wife. Mm-hmm. They're older parents. They've been trying a long time and the baby's got a, it has had an inner ear infection for apparently like the, its whole life. I don't even know the way they talk life, about yeah. it. So um, it probably needs tubes in his ears or something. I don't know. I'm just like, 
They I'm act not, like it's I'm, been the whole thing. Like, you know. Well, that's possible. I mean, we know somebody whose baby was basically like that, too. We do. Like, yeah. But it's like yeah. they just let, like, like since the christening, they act like it's been years and nothing's been done about this baby. You know what I mean? Apparently. <laughs> I know. I think the christening, based on the look of the baby, was only like a month ago. It wasn't that long ago. They act like it was like five years ago and this baby's been walking around with earwake. I don't, I don't know. Well, but still, I mean, like the baby's got an earache. He's crying all the time. You're going, yeah. oh, you poor people. He's still got that. She had it since the christening. She still has it. I'm sorry. That's terrible. I mean, yeah, that's what you say. Oh, okay. That's good to know for next time. I run into that. Yeah. I'd be like, just shut that baby up. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Shout out to Mav. I love Gator and Crack. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I won't shut babies up. But Emma needs to shut up. Emma needs to shut up. Because she's driving everyone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Even me at this point. No, so Gordon's really overstressed. And he yeah. they lost the last two bids on last two jobs. They were undercut. So, yeah, he really undercuts themselves on this one. And he brings his nephew in. And they get started. They've got, like, five rooms, I think, three to five rooms that they've got to get mm-hmm. all this flooring up. And this is a pesticide. out. It's nasty fucking shit. Yeah, it's in the flooring. It's in the ceiling. It's in the pipes. It's, like, they're they're like all over the place getting this asbestos out it's gross and there's like it's this this hospital's fucking cool i gotta say this so this hospital is really in danvers massachusetts near where i used to live like yeah it really is the danvers state sanitarium Mm -hmm. and it is now an apartment building but the cool yeah and the cool thing is when they went in to do this set design so you're gonna see this that you're gonna see this when you watch this movie hopefully you already watched it and it it it's creepy as fuck and it looks like oh god they really fucked it up no 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 all they did is they added meat hooks to the kitchen uh they added rubber gloves to the tunnels and those little um um, string lights and they mm. added the metal hydrotherapy tub that's all they added the rest of it is all natural that's I really all didn't the building think that place was that and like scary or or I was I was actually like why isn't there more damage why isn't there more graffiti why isn't there more like why isn't it worse looking <laughs> it was it was creepy the morgue and everything I mean that shit's creepy I mean they didn't even have to put the the coins or those eyeglasses or dentures in the morgue they were already there Hank just found them did he really no we're just kidding Come on. No, I'm I'm kidding. Kidding. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way because I know for a fact because I because I watched certain I I learned things from actual morticians that never would have happened. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, so they're at the hospital and they split up. Um, Phil and Gordon are working together in one area, taking down asbestos from the ceilings. Hanks, uh, no, Hanks in the tunnels down below because yeah. um, he stole Phil's girlfriend. So Phil gives him the shit duties yeah don't steal phil's girlfriend don't steal phil's girlfriend so hank's down in the tunnels yeah he's got to be down in the creepy ass tunnels with the staircases there that are like fenced in with barbed barbed wire but but fencing like they're chain link yeah chain link fencing it makes them so creepy and he has to be down there in the bowels of the building like spraying the pipes i mean like, I would do it. I've been in scarier places. I've lived in scarier places. But I'm just saying it's fucking creepy. It is creepy. 
And then you got Jeff and Mike, um, a floor above it. It looks like they're in the gymnasium. Using this awesome fucking machine, bringing up the town on the floor. I want to use this machine. Like, <laughs> it, it looks like combination Zamboni and Snowplow. And it brings up all the tile. Like, I want to use it in my basement so badly. Like, can you rent one of those? That looks so fucking sweet. It looks like they did rent them. Like they look like they were, they look like they're rented devices. I don't think they don't look like something that they they own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because they've got like spray painted, like thing on them kind of makes you think, Oh, it's rented. Yeah, maybe. Good point. Good point. I don't know. You know what I did? The thing that, that caught through me a little bit was when he, he pulls out his wallet to show pictures of Emma Mm -hmm. to, uh, to the building, the, uh, the guy that he's been in a job with when he does that Great, he pulls yeah. out his wallet and i was totally thrown because i'm just like just not thinking i'm just like why doesn't he pull out his cell phone like i thought he was pulling out his cell phone <laughs> to show pictures of his little girl and then he's got his wallet and i'm like what the fuck and then i'm like oh right 2001 oh my god wow <laughs> yeah that's pretty special <laughs> yeah and then you see a cell phone. It's like the old Nokia where it just has the oh, screen of call home. Yes. That was like my first cell phone. It was, it was yes. not much better looking than that one. Yeah. Mine too. Mine too. <laughs> well, they all, they all get to work in and they're doing their chatty shit and Jeff sucks and Hank's down in the basement and he comes across. So there's the, the morgue down there in the basement. And yeah, he, but he thinks, doesn't come across that stuff right away though. Does he? No, he finds a coin. I thought that stuff that stuff happened like after other things happened. Doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't it? Or are you skipping ahead? I mean, a bit? the only thing that really happens is they have horror stories. So they go to lunch the day before that happens. It happens on the second day that Hank finds the coins. So on the first okay. day they go to lunch and yeah. they talk about, you know, what happened here and uh the satanic panic. The Willard scandal with the the uh repressed memory therapy, which was a real thing. Mm-hmm. The satanic panic the real thing and repressed memory therapy was a real thing for a while until they realized that it was all bogus and that oh gee when you hypnotize someone you can actually create memories that you're trying to quote unquote bring up so a lot of people were having uh quote unquote repressed memories coming to the surface of stuff that never fucking happened and it was all about like satanic cult abuse for some weird reason so then in the 80s they actually went through this thing which we call today the satanic panic in america where everybody fucking thought that the world like america was full of secret satanists conduct and like the fbi even went and like did a big investigation to try to find these satanic cults that they thought existed and by the way they found nothing it's all bullshit yeah yeah it was totally all bullshit but people thought it was real people still today think that dungeons and dragons is satanic because of the satanic panic Mm-hmm. Which is the most ridiculous thing that I can even think of. I agree. Being a nerd. <laughs> I was gonna say, being that we play it all the time and we're not in a cult that much. I'm, so. I'm not a I'm not a Satanist. Well, <laughs> I tried that on for a while, but it didn't suit didn't, me. That hat didn't fit for you? No. No. Maybe a new cape yeah. would work. Yeah. <laughs> um Anyway, Mike knows all this shit because he was a former law student. So he's actually, he's really in the know. Yeah. And his dad was actually, um, like, on the case, Mm -hmm. uh, prosecuting it because he was a state's attorney or something. Yeah. So the biggest case was, I think it's the Willard Willard case, I want to say. Patricia Willard. 
Yes, Patricia Wheeler. Thank you. And yeah, he was the district attorney that prosecuted. And that's what actually um, led to the shutdown of this hospital because they sued the hospital for all this money. That and, and the actual budget cuts that happened in the 80s that caused a lot of these places to close down and kick their, unfortunately, exactly. uh, patients onto the street in most cases. Yeah, it's very sad, actually. I mean, it it's very, very sad very real sad. history. Yeah, it so. really is. But we're using it for our benefit for this movie because we enjoy the movie. <laughs> I'm just I mean, going to you know, interject these things. <laughs> um. And actually, I, I think it's either this lunch or the, I mean, there's only four, five days. They, I mean, this all spans over five days. It's either yeah. Monday or Tuesday's lunch that um, my, um, I said Hank before. I think it was Mike. Mike's the law student. He's his father. Mike actually shows them how to do a, an ice pick lobotomy. Yeah. With a sharp needle, like with a chopstick he's showing them. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> I'm like showing them how to do It's like super creepy, but informative. Um, I so. believe that was not the first day. No, I think so. that was Tuesday. Because yeah. um, Hank had already fought, found the first coin because that, that morning. Because that, the first day, Mike finds the sealed evidence box. Um, yes. Which, if you listen closely, a scream is heard faintly in the background when he finds it. And he stays behind after work to listen to these recorded sessions. There are nine of them. And the, uh-huh. yeah, they're all for um, Mary Hobbs. Um, for a patient called Mary Hobbs who had DID, a dissociative identity disorder, which back in the day was called multiple personality disorder, which mm-hmm. is still to this day a hotly contested topic as to whether that's a real thing or not. I think it is. I think it's possible. I agree. I think it's possible. I believe that DID is a real condition, but a lot yeah. of people don't. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't think rainbows are real on the real. Aren't psychiatrists though? So we're not either, but we we're believers. So um, well, I'll listen to psychiatrists. So yeah, well, that's you know, it's a real, it's a medically recognized condition. I happen to think it's real. So there you go. And um, yeah, so they he gets really because it's fascinating. Like even for me, I'm like fascinated in. Um, mm-hmm excuse me, um, it, it, the stories, there's notes, not just the the old-timey recordings. I say old-timey, but they're probably from the 70s. But there's also, like, notes and stuff about the different personalities, like Princess, Billy, Simon. So, yeah, he gets really into this. It's like a soap opera for him. Like, anytime he can get away from work, like, oh, the power went out, he kicked the plug out, and he went to go listen to more. I mean, he just, anytime yeah. he can get away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, Gordon's very, uh, after that first night, because he went home to, you know, to celebrate this whole thing with his wife. And they had a fight, supposedly. And he's been staying in a hotel. Because, you know, things happen. He slapped Wendy. Yeah. But he doesn't want anyone staying there at night. But Mike stays over a little bit after. Uh-oh. Yeah. Bad well, night. it turns out the reason why he doesn't want anybody staying there at night is because he's staying there at night. Yeah, he's sleeping <laughs> he in the fucking parking lot. Know that. Yeah, he's sleeping in the parking lot. <laughs> Um, because right of this fight that he had with Wendy and he confesses to Phil that he slapped his wife. Yeah, she spilled hot water, boiling hot water on him, he slapped her. Like by accident. And uh he slapped her. Yeah. So and like Phil's like, holy shit, but Which they keep flashing back, like I just on the, the sounds of it, like Emma screaming, the dog barking, and uh Wendy going, Oh Gordon, flowers, what's the not here, Gordon? Like what we're making fun of. 
Um, yeah. They keep flashing back on that. And he's always looking at his phone. It says home all the time. And he makes these phone calls to Wendy trying to get her to talk to him and forgive him. But she won't. She always hangs up on him. Um, mm-hmm. He's always sitting. They always show him sitting in his car outside the house, like looking longingly at it in the rain. Um, we see things like the first day, the Monday, he's limping. There's another day where he's sitting in the car and there's a damp spot on his pant leg and he winces as he moves the pant, the piece of material away from whatever's on his leg. Well, we know by then it's a um, burn spot. The boiling water got him. So right. He's always looking off to the graveyard. Um, Which... And then he's hearing, and then, he, and then every once in a while, he gets this little sinister voice. It starts out with, you can hear me. Gordon. Gordon, you can hear me. It's a really good creepy voice too. Like I can't do it justice. But. It actually starts the very first day when they're when they're just touring the hospital. It they're does, down yeah. that one wing, which it's actually on the under stress. Yeah, and they're they they show it down. Um, it's on the cover of the movie. It's the the wing with the the fucking old timey wheelchair down and it's a a little bit flooded yeah so yeah they keep that that um they keep flashing to that image too this wheelchair um in the distance and then as things progress the camera starts to zoom in closer and closer and closer then hank finds the old that's when hank finds after this tuesday morning yes in the basement around the crematory ovens He's he's outside the morgue and he doesn't realize it. He he's like, oh, he he finds these loose bricks and he pulls them out and all these coins spill out and he's like, oh my gosh! And he starts going through these coins, but and then the camera turns around and shows you that he's actually like pulling shit out of the old crematory ovens and he doesn't yeah. realize that on the other side is the morgue. <laughs> Which, like you said, it's not how it works. They take all that stuff out of the body before they burn it. Yeah, absolutely. Some they of that just... stuff would actually blow the, the crematorium up. Right, so right. It, it would be a safety hazard. It would be dangerous. It could cause explosions. It, yeah. They, Plus that it's would all never labeled. Happen. I mean, it's it's all labeled. Right. So. I see that. Like, there's a little pair of glasses with a little label on it. I'm like, how mm-hmm. did a little tiny piece of string and card get through a crematory oven that will <laughs> is, is hot enough to burn up bodies? Like, okay, okay. But, but anyway, he's, he's in the money. I mean, there's a lot of money in there. There's denture, there's like like gold bridge work, which he's really excited about, and glasses and all sorts of stuff. Like yeah, so he's on. like, all right, he's gonna hide this. This is his find. Yeah, and then this is when at lunch Mike goes to listen listen to session five, uh, where we find out weird things like Billy lives in Mary's eyes because he sees everything. The princess lives in her tongue because she likes to talk. And where does Simon live, Billy? Well, he doesn't say that. Simon. He doesn't want to talk about Simon. No one wants to talk about Simon. Simon. Princess doesn't even know about Simon. Billy's the only one that knows about Simon. On Simon. Yeah, well, later that night, Hank comes back then. Well, but before that, that's when, that's also the day that Mike shows the ice pick lobotomy method on Jack. Oh, yes, that is. Sorry. Five days um, and I fucked him up out of order. Sorry, guys. 
<laughs> I took really good notes on this one. I didn't do so much for Silence of the Lambs. Maybe we should switch movies. <laughs> no, you know what, too? And I've seen this movie so many times. I'm just like, oh, my God, I want to get into it. I get so excited. I'm like, this happened yeah. and this happened and this happened. And it doesn't matter to me. So I'm like, yeah. Well, um, one, one thing I think we should mention that is kind of important that they talk about is Phil tells uh, Jeff, you stick with this job too long. It'll mess you up. You got to have an exit plan. Yeah. Because well, I, this is Hank's like found his exit plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a really like just a random weird moment where like uh, some somebody comes across spilled red fluid with white roses in it. That red fluid that that uh, Hank was spraying on the pipes. I think Mike find, comes across the uh, barrel of the red gunk is like there's a bunch spilled on the floor and it looks like a pool of red blood and then there's these white roses in it yeah on the back of the van and it's like what the fuck is that and they talk about how gordon is the zen master of calm but hank has been noticing cracks mm-hmm. gordon calls wendy and she hangs up on him um he's gordon sees phil talking to some dudes outside which makes him very suspicious well that's phil's release phil's a pothead we find out yeah. so like phil, oh yeah. phil will tell you what his what his release is down the road sometime yeah he's a pothead so yeah, he's not that he's buying weed yeah. Gordon doesn't like it though well he thinks he's plotting against him what did he think he was yeah. doing I, I can't remember what he thought but he thought phil was plotting against him because phil wouldn't tell him what he was doing yeah, but Gordon knows he's buying drugs. Gordon says no drugs on the job. Oh, Gordon I didn't think he was. I just think he didn't hear like, the no buying, buying drugs, drugs on a job. <laughs> he was like no drugs on the job. He said that like day one. He told Je- they told Jeff or something. Oh, yeah, they said that. I like, missed that too because I totally be yeah. smoking weed there as well. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, that's why he, he he's mad because he knows Phil's Trump buying drugs on the job. He's not thrilled about it. Uh, so Hank goes back that night to collect all the shinies he found. <laughs> and he even finds an ice pick along with the glasses, watches, and uh, even a pair of glass eyes. Yeah, this ice pick is like, I want to say it's about uh, nine inches long and sharp as fuck. Mm-hmm. With a little handle on the end. Like, kind of like one of those uh, knives that you have. What are those knives that you have? Like the it batwing like knives? Ice pick, dude. It is an ice pick. <laughs> No, I know. I'm just saying, like, it just kind of fits between the knuckles so perfectly, so. Yeah, like those little bat wing blades. Yes. Yeah. I used to have one of those. I don't know what happened to it. Huh. I don't know either. I didn't steal it or anything, I swear. Anyway. You didn't know I had it, so I don't think <laughs> Yes, did. I did. That's why I said, like, the knife you used to have. <laughs> oh, all right, whatever. I didn't steal it, though. I'm just kidding. Um, This is when that chain link fence really comes into play, though, across the stairwell, because there is a... um. Oh, yeah, a side for patients and a side for uh, staff. Staff, yeah. And as Hank is walking out with his bag full of goodies, he sees an empty can of Jif, which is weird. And then he starts hearing movement. uh, And he starts uh, getting creeped out, so he starts making his way towards the exit. But then he hears some more movement, and he turns, and he sees a black shadow figure at the end of the hall. And he fucking legs it the other way. But he's in the patient side. Right. And that ends up being his downfall. You chose unwisely. He chose unwisely. 
so it fades to black, and the next day, of course, Hank doesn't show up. He's gone. Hank's missing. So around midday, because they, they gave him a couple right. hours. Phil says he calls, Phil calls Amy, and Amy says he ditched them for casino school. But Gordon thinks something isn't right. Should mention that. Right. They were, that's what I'm saying. Midday, they went up to the roof to figure out what they were going to do. Yeah, they, he oh. went to Miami for casino school. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Gordon thinks that's, that's weird. And he doesn't trust that Phil really called Amy after a while. And His hands are bloody, but he doesn't know why. I don't know. You can see, yeah, you can see Gordon's paranoia grow a little bit, a little bit more, mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and as they, pers- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Phil and Mike argue about Gordon, about how he didn't want to be a father, and now the stress is causing him to lose jobs. Right, and Gordon actually, I was going to say, Gordon tells Phil about the slapping, but he says, don't tell the other guys. Don't tell the other guys. What does yeah. Phil do? He tells fucking what does Mike. Phil do? Yeah, he tells Mike. Fucking Mike. And Gordon hears them. Like, he eavesdrops them on them. You know, they send Jeff off to do something else, and they, they eavesdrop well, on Before that, um, I want to mention that Mike finds out Mary is deceased. She's patient number 444. Oh, yes. And when Gordon calls Wendy off by the cemetery, he happens to be sitting right above grave number marker 444. Which is broken in half. And I did want to say those grave markers, they looked really good, but they were actually styrofoam. Were they really? They did yeah. not look the styrofoam at all. I know. They looked really good. They was really they good did. props. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Mike listens to another session. The doctor wants to wake up Simon, but Billy won't do it. Um, Gordon is all torn up about slapping Wendy. He tells Philly staying in a hotel. No, he's sleeping on the job at his car. Mm-hmm. And then we hear, hello, Gordon. You know who I am. And then we uh, we see we finally see the scene where he uh, kills Wendy, but not, yet. not really, not yet. But yeah, this is, no, I'm not. He says, "Hello, Gordon. You know where I, who I am." And then then you play through the scene again, and you see the bloody hazmat suit, and you hear, "Do it, Gordon." I thought it was that they find Hank first. No, Jeff finds Hank in the stairwell before that no. happens. I thought. Mm, wait, I. Mm. Yeah, they Jeff finds Jeff finds Hank, and they all go searching for Hank, and then that's I'm, when you. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I left that out for some reason. Sorry about that. No worries. So Jeff is um he's supposed to go down the tunnels, and he sees Hank in the stairwell. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? That's all fucking Hank says. That's all Hank will say. And he's wearing sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Um, so he looks fine, but he's just like, it's real spacey. And he's just standing there and he just goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> over so, and over. Well, Jeff goes back to tell the others while the three of them are having that fight about, this is when Phil um, has yeah. told Mike and Gordon lived in on it. And yeah. Jeff breaks him up and says, I found Hank. They're like, stop fucking around. No, no, no. I found Hank. And at this point, they're making you think, like, David Caruso is, like, the bad guy. It's yeah. Phil. 
Phil's the bad guy. He's like, Hank's in Miami. Shut the fuck up. You're lying, you know. And and Gordon's like, well, you're the only one who heard Amy say Hank was going to Miami. We didn't hear that. As far as we know, you didn't even talk to Amy. You could have made all that up. So they split off. Um, you got Jeff down in the, the tunnels. He was supposed to be with um, with Mike. I'm sorry, with, uh, yeah, with Mike. Mike has split off to go listen to more tapes. Um, Jeff's in the tunnel. Hank is, um, I'm sorry, Hank was in the tunnel, tunnel with Jeff. Uh, but Hank split off because he thought he heard something. Um, and Gordon's upstairs in that one wing with the creepy chair. And um, all of a sudden, the, the gas is gone out of the, um, the generator. So yeah. the power goes out. And Jeff, who's nyctophobic, is that right? The word we're nick- has nyctophobia yeah he's nyctophobic the lights go out in the tunnel so he freaks out heads back to the van nyctophobia is by the way if you didn't watch the movie the fear of the darkness oh sorry yeah fear of darkness (laughs) um so he freaks out heads to the van runs out of there has a panic attack basically and and even though i'm not scared of the dark obviously i mean most grown-ups aren't um but watching him run from the darkness as the lights slowly go out behind him is like so tense so tense and you really 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 feel his terror oh you do it like it swallows him almost it's like it's swallowed it's Oh, it's what it looks like the darkness completely swallows him up and he's terrified and it's oh my gosh it's cool so he's chilling out by the van um mike had to go fill the gas up because then his tapes ended because he needed the the generator for that. So he's coming back from filling up the generator. Um, Hank, uh, Phil has heard Hank's music and found a naked Hank sitting. Well, he's got his underwear on, but that's it. Um, Sitting in this like little part of the tunnel, like a little cavity of the tunnel. Whereas Gordon's upstairs in one of the submersion rooms, which is basically their rooms where they put all these pictures up. It was supposed to be submersive therapy. And he finds mm-hmm. all these pictures, like all the pictures of his christening of, and right. every Yeah. Yeah. All stuck to the wall with that red stuff. Yes. The red goo. So Phil, the last thing you see is Phil confronts Gordon in the room. I found Hank. And then it kind of goes. He's like, and he says, you did it to him. Yeah. He's all messed and, up. And he says, you did it to him, Gordon. And that's when the voice comes in and you, yes, you do see, you hear the flashbacks of what happened with Wendy and Emma and the dog. Mm-hmm. And it's like slowly voices stop crying. Wendy stops first. Then the baby. And that's when you see the bloody hazmat suit and you hear, do it, Gordon. Gordon! So the next day, Craig McManus, who they've hired as Hank's replacement, shows up on the job. Larry Fessenden! And you see that something's attacked Jeff when he was at the van. And something attacked Mike when he was walking back to the tapes. Mm-hmm. And you hear Phil talking to Gordon like, you did it now. You did the, we know we did these two. We got to finish it up. Craig's coming. We got to do that. You know, we got to make it happen. And Hank's laying there with the um, the ice pick in his eyes. He's still awake. I mean, well, he's yeah, not you know, he's conscious. Yeah, he's alive. Yeah, still conscious. And Craig comes in and he sees Jeff's dead body and Mike's dead body and just Gordon. Phil's not there. Phil's fucking dead, too. Yeah. Well, then he does see Phil. 
Um, you do see Phil finally on the ground mm-hmm. too, all bloody. Yeah. And then, and then, Gord- uh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say, Gordon takes the ice pick from Hank's body and kills oh. Craig. Poor Craig. I love that. I love that when he pulls the ice pick out of Hank's head and Hank's head like lifts off the ground and like comes with it for a minute and then like falls back and clunks back on. Oh my that god! Wet meat sound of yes. <laughs> and then he and then he ice picks Craig too. Yes, yeah. poor Craig. I felt so bad for Craig out of all of them. I'm like, you oh, poor Craig. bastard. You're just trying to earn that. some money. You're just trying to help out, you know, trying to get that bonus. Yeah, you're just. Uh doing them a favor really and then what happens yeah so then you hear the simon voice because uh mike finally got to simon in the last session right before the generator cut out and of course as soon as he turned the gas back on the generator started back up again with the audio tape and Mm -hmm. simon's talking about how he lives in the hearts of the weak and the the weak and the the scared and the whole thing with mary is the weak and the wounded. Thank you. Weak and the wounded. The whole thing with Mary is uh, her and her brother were playing Christmas nights and she found her porcelain doll while they were playing and it caught her. her. Yeah, yeah. Peter scared her. So she took Peter, her brother's knife, and killed him. And then when she saw what she had done, she killed her parents because Simon, you know, Simon took over at that point. Yeah. So. So I have problems with Simon. <laughs> Okay, and that's the end of the movie. It's a great movie. Let's talk about Simon, though. Is he a demon? Or is he one of the identities of Mary? And if so, how does he get to Gordon, then? Simon is just supposed to be one of Mary's identities, at least according to the psychiatrist. So Simon's saying that he lives in the weak and the wounded, meaning anyone. So that's why Gordon has the same voice. Not that he's a demon that's possessing Gordon. It just is because... He's the same kind of like force that exists in these people. And that's why. And it's bullshit, by the way. (laughs) The weak and the wounded. Give me a fucking break. Like, I'm fucking weak because I have a mental illness. Fuck that shit. Come at me. Okay, well, I don't think they meant that. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I ain't taking it that way. But maybe they did. Well, I fucking did because they said I live in the weak. Excuse me, I'm not fucking weak. Oh, see, I didn't think they meant weak because of the mental illness part. I thought they meant weak, like, for Mary because she was a young girl and Gordon was an overstressed um, new father dealing with all this, you know, anxiety. So I didn't get it that it was from the 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 mental illness. I just thought it was from the, the that, problems going on. The stress ca- is is part of the mental illness. The stress causes the mental illness. Therefore, weak would be referring to the mental illness. I mean, the, the stress doesn't completely cause, like, not like you're a completely healthy person. You have some stress and all of a sudden you're bipolar. I'm not talking like that. But I mean, you, the stress sets it off. Like, because because of this pandemic that we've been going through, for instance, I have been rapid cycling. I have never rapid cycled my bipolar disorder in my life. I didn't know your bipolar disorder could change like that. My moods have been coming and going very rapidly, and that's not something that I am used to. I'm not weak. It's the stress of the situation causing my mental illness to kick up. Like, it's just an illness. Mm-hmm. See, I took it differently, but I mean, it, and that's the thing, it's perception. So I, I didn't even think it was because of the mental illness that they were, 
I was thinking, I was thinking just wounded, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're I right. Just, I just, I don't like the Simon uh, character for that reason, just because I don't, I don't think that there is some weird force that lives in your mental illness, just waiting to wake up and tell you to kill someone. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. Well, see, and that's why I thought, like, I didn't think he was, I thought he was more demon than mental illness. Because, yes, Mary Hobbs, I do believe she had DID. But how weird is it that she had DID and then Gordon would too? Because if you think about it, that's... How weird is it? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's not affects that many people, I don't think. I don't think it's that percentage of... It's rare, but so is bipolar disorder. It's like I think it's rarer than that. Have bipolar disorder. It's not that like it's. I mean, it's not like and bipolar disorder is a pretty common illness, really. Mm. When you, I mean, it seems like everybody. I don't know what it is, but it seems like everybody I talk to, either knows someone who has it, or someone in their family has it, or you know, like, mm-hmm. like knows somebody with bipolar disorder. But likewise, not everyone rare, knows somebody with DID, though. Well, no, but I mean, yes, it's rare, but I'm just saying, like, what, what, so what? Like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, I just think what a coincidence, you know what I mean? That you have someone come in that also is, you know, it just makes us, I, that's why I wasn't even thinking. And I think the movie's kind of saying he was drawn to the job, like, because of this whole, like, mental illness that's, like, coming out like and for another thing this is way too late in his life for a mental illness to be manifesting it's really 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 oh yeah yeah it really is for for him to have been fine his entire life and now in his 50s suddenly have his mental illness come on because it usually comes on in your 20s that's Mm -hmm. the most common age for a big mental illness like um like bipolar disorder or something uh, to come on is when you're in your twenties. And even if you do have it as a kid, which I did, they often won't diagnose you until you become an adult anyway. Well, because juveniles, they can, it it can, it's too hard to, to diagnose them because it could be a number of factors that they don't know until you go through puberty. Right. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even as a, like, like I know someone whose kid probably will be diagnosed with bipolar disorder when he gets older, but they won't diagnose him now. Right. Like he's got the signs, but they won't diagnose him until he gets older. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, for to be in your fifties and to have, that's come on, that's very unusual, very unusual. And usually, um, but usually, yes, I mean, the, the, a big enough stressor in your life could definitely do it. Like sometimes it's like, usually it's like something fairly traumatic. It's not just your baby cries a lot, but I mean, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, I mean, yeah, we're not in that position, so we can't say, but still, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It just seems, it's just, it like, it's flawed i mean it's flawed but that doesn't mean i can't enjoy this movie because i do enjoy this movie oh yeah me too definitely i love this fucking movie it's one of my favorites so i just think it's very scary and very creepy and very well done and i think it's less scary to me now that i know more about mental illness honestly because in 2001 when i first saw this movie i was what 20 years old Mm-hmm. And I had definitely been suffering with mental illness, but I had not been diagnosed yet. And 
I did not know anything about it. So I didn't even know I had it, you know, like, so mental illness was just like a big, scary unknown to me in, in 2001 when I saw this movie first the, for the first time. And that definitely affected my perception of this movie. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. It was just scary as fuck anyway. I don't know. We were young. Yeah, scary as fuck. <laughs> and I think I got to say this, too. The environment makes a difference where you're at watching mm-hmm. it. Because, like I said, I watched it with the fam, and they're like, yeah, it's okay. I'm like, well, what do you mean it was fucking okay? What? What do you mean it was okay? It wasn't okay. It was fantastic. Shut yeah, the fuck up. Go to, the your- oh, if go you ahead. go to watch this one, I was just going to say, if you go to watch this one, do it in the dark. And have, I- have the sound turned up. Make sure it's at night. Make sure there's nothing else going on to distract you from it. And really just allow yourself to get sucked in, because it's quite a ride. It is. It really is. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any more trivia? Because I, I mean, there's. I said my big pieces about um, the set design. I love the set design, but they really didn't yeah. do a whole lot, so it was great. I, yeah, I was surprised. Well, I mean, I like I said, I I was actually surprised that the building wasn't in worse shape. But yeah, well, and check this out. When if you go online, check out Danvers um, State. Uh, hospital. Um, it is so cool, the design of it. It looks like a Batwing, and they even refer to it that really in the does. movie. Bat, um, yeah. yeah. And they're like, this is the one side of the Batwing. This is the other. Get an aerial photo of it. It no, is it's incredible. It's not one Batwing. What's that? It's not one Batwing. It's two. It's the Bat. No. With a wing on each side. It's right. Like, no, I was saying this. No, they were saying this wing down here and that wing over there. No, it does look like a bat, though. I think I'm going to put pictures on uh, Instagram because it's so fucking oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, it is really cool looking. And it's humongous. It is. Oh, my huge. God. What did they say? Like something like 35,000 square feet? Yes. it's And, and that's not it's even including so the fucking outbuildings. 350,000, wasn't it? Or was it 35,000? No, I think it's. um. 35,000 and that's not including the outbuildings though and there's a yeah. lot of buildings that aren't connected to the bat so they're separate from the bat but they're still part of the hospital and I want to live there now that's an apartment building I'm just saying so that would be pretty cool actually I'm I really want to see what it looks like as apartments oh really definitely curious. we gotta go let's go road trip I want to go back to Massachusetts anyway god oh yeah um yeah I'm glad they turned it around because I just like in the movie this really was a hot spot for urban explorers and a lot of ruin porn. Like we love the ruin porn, but I'm glad they turned it around into something better. So. Oh yeah. Have you seen that um, show abandoned? I have not, uh, but I probably will like love it. it. Yeah. I love ruin mm-hmm. porn. So. They just, yeah. They just go around to all these places that have been abandoned a long time and check them out basically. And it's ruin porn. Yeah. Yeah. I like it from afar. I'm too, I'm too scaredy cat to go do it myself. I'd be a, Afraid of ghosts. So, uh, see, I would love to explore an old like asylum like that. I think that would be so. Cool. I would do it with friends. I won't do it by myself. I should put it that way. Oh well, it wouldn't be fun by yourself, but yeah, with a group of friends, it'd be fun. Yeah, of course. That'd be good. I wouldn't be in there like I bet there's a ghost. I mean, <laughs> that'd be. I neat. would. I would definitely participate in a ghost hunt, though, because I definitely seen some things in my life that I can't explain which anyone who has listened to dead time stories the episode my letter was on I got my ghost story oh read. cool that's awesome yeah. yeah that was a while ago though but it was really cool um and uh so I have seen some stuff I can't explain so I would go there and try to mess with the spirits but I don't I'm not like a real like believer I'm still a skeptic even though I'm like 
yeah, I've seen some stuff that, that I can't explain, but I don't necessarily believe that they're the spirits of the dead. I think there could be some other explanation. Did you have any trivia for this movie at all? Or No, you already asked me that. Did I? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's going. The brain's going. <laughs> Not yet. We've got one more episode to do. <laughs> Should we rate and review this one? Yeah, let's do it. All right. It's my pick, and I'm going to go on 9.33. No. No. Yeah, 9.333. I was wow. going to go 9.666. That's a little high, though. 9.333 is fair. That's a little high. Okay. <laughs> what about you? Um, I think I'm going to give this movie a seven and a half. <sighs> That's not bad. It's a good movie, and I watch it all the time. Oh, yeah. I'm a little surprised. I thought you'd go an eight or higher. I'm kind of surprised at that. But, yay, your choice. So, your choice. Yeah. I have well, no Well, I just, there's, there's, I like it a lot, but there's some things that get minuses for me. So, yeah. So yeah that's I true. I get that. There's no fan fiction. That's a shame. And I really don't know what I would really make out of this one. I don't know, because, you know, I think about it and I think, so what happens next, you know, like logically? Uh So then the building security guy comes and probably finds all the dead bodies and probably gets killed by Gordon unless he shoots him. Greg's gets killed. But Gordon's got that. Gordon's got that element of surprise. So -hmm. then what, like the owner gets killed. And then finally, when the somebody goes looking for the owner and the security guard, the police show up and who knows if they survive. Maybe they shoot Gordon. Well, by then I got to think it Wendy and Emma's bodies have got to be smelling enough for the neighbors to start intervening. It's been a week already. I mean, come on. The neighbors? Are you ser- Think about it for a second now. and try I can't that again. smell, so I don't know. Dude. What? 35,000 square feet, their neighbors are going to no. smell the body. Wendy and Emma back in the house. Oh, I'm like, what are you talking about? The neighbors are going to smell the bodies. No, no, Wendy's neighbors at the house. I'm not not talking about Wendy yet because Gordon's still in that building. But anyway, I mean, they're going to come after him. him. But no, it's going to be a while before the neighbors smell anything funky with Wendy's house. And honestly, if, if we learn nothing in Cleveland from Anthony so well, that does not mean that people are going to call the cops on you. That's true. They might just look the other way. Yeah. I can kind of envision like this whole like Frankenstein where the village is coming after Gordon with these pitchforks and torches. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's going that way. Yeah, I think so too. And he kills them all. So that's mm-hmm. my, that's my fan fiction. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I like that one. We wrote it together this time. Nice. All right, well, pip us and we'll get the hell out of here. We're late today. All right, so are we? Oh, yeah, we are. Well, that's all right. We got stuff to cut out. Um, oh. We are uh, part of the Morbidly Beautiful podcast network. Morbidlybeautiful.com is your place for all things horror. Um, they are even ex- accepting submissions for original horror fiction and art at the moment. So that's cool. Uh, so check them out. We are hosted by Anchor.fm. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Podcast at Night. We would really appreciate a five star review if you go to Google or if you go to Apple Podcasts 
and give us a five-star review. Take a screenshot of it. Send it to us at podcastatnight at gmail.com. And we will send you a free vinyl sticker just for your time. Um, if you're interested, we do have a merch store at Threadless. The link will be in the show notes for that. Um, we have, But we have bags, stickers, t-shirts, uh, lots of different designs. So go check that out. You can be your very own Marigold. And that's everything from me. So I'm going to say good night from chaos and stay bloodthirsty, friends. And good night from Carnage. And as always, we're filmed in front of a live studio audience of spooky cats. Gordon. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay.